0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's edition of the Cheapest Meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. Uh, we got a great show today for you. Um, as everybody, anybody who listens to the show probably knows, I'm a native of Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I've lived here all my life. So there's a lot of issues going on in the city of Mobile right now. And for that, we're going to bring in our guests Our guest today is a writer for com, covering the South Alabama Jaguars and more. He's also the co-host of the Afternoon Sports Drive on WNSP, which is 105.5 here in Mobile. My guest today is Craig Stevenson. Craig, how are you doing this morning?
1: Hey, doing great, Brian. How are you?
0: Uh, Doing awesome. Uh, Craig, I wanted to have you on to talk about uh, everything that's going on here in Mobile, relevant to the sports world today, especially what's going on with the – the future of the on-campus stadium at South Alabama and its impact on uh, the rest of everything else in Mobile. So what's the latest going on there?
1: That's a good question. It's kind of, I guess you could say it's on hold now. Uh, The university has asked for uh, funding assistance from the city of Mobile and the county of Mobile County, I guess you could say. And uh, as of right now, they're both on hold. They have met uh, before both of those bodies, the city council and the county commission, And have not been told no, but have not been told yes. And I think that, uh, I think the, the holdup is what would happen to Lad people stadium, which is the city owned stadium where South Alabama has been playing its home games. They also hold the Reese's senior bowl there. Uh, the dollar general bowl, uh, the, uh, the Gulf coast challenge, which is a game between two HBCU schools as well as several high school games. And I think if, Uh, The idea is that if South Alabama gets its own stadium, those other college games would go to the South Alabama on-campus stadium. Then they would retrofit Lad People Stadium into a smaller facility, a high school stadium, uh, downsizing it from about 40,000 seats to about 6,000 seats, and also uh, work, uh, at least that's the mayor's hope, is that they would uh, use the rest of that property as a green space, playground, and so forth. The problem is, in, as far as the city council and county commission see it, is that the mayor has not drawn up a plan. He has just said, this is my idea, uh, but they don't have any, um, you know, what, what would Ladd people Stadium look like if they retrofitted it. So there's some hesitancy on that, and obviously the people that live around Ladd, that's a big revenue generator for that neighborhood, you know, in terms of parking, in terms of uh, the local, the businesses in the area that, um, you know, sell gas and so forth. So I, I, I think that's a concern. I think it's ultimately going to get done. The big issue is that uh, they want to, because of the uh, idea that they want to start playing in it in 2020, the new stadium that is, they would probably have to start on it sometime in July. And right now, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, the university people have said, if we don't get this funding from the, univer- from the uh, city and county, we can't proceed immediately. And if it, you know, my gut feeling is if they don't, you know, put a shovel in the ground, so to speak, this month, it's probably going to be 2021 at the earliest before South Alabama could play on campus, which would be disappointing um, considering that the 2020 season, they would have both Troy and UAB at home. But, you know, you know, a stadium later is better than no stadium at all, but, you we don't know for sure that that's the case, but it's looking – trending that direction, I would say, right now.
0: Can South Alabama get this done without the city and county help? They
1: say they – well, at least not immediately. I think the issue – you know, a problem that they run into is that because the city of Birmingham partnered with UAB on the new stadium that they're building in downtown Birmingham, I think the people who would otherwise donate to South Alabama are waiting to see – If there's going to be uh, some, you know, local government involvement here, Uh, you know, South Alabama is not one of those programs like in Alabama or Auburn, obviously that has a ton of deep-pocketed alums. They've only been playing football for, you know, this will be their tenth season this fall. So I think there is money there, but I do think the people that are in control of it, even not necessarily the school donors, but the Uh, corporations in the area that might contribute. I think they're waiting to see what the county government does.
0: I got you. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, What stadium do you think is in worse shape? Ladd Stadium or Legion Field?
1: I've not been to Legion Field in a long time, um, but based on everything I hear, I guess Legion Field. I don't know. It's hard to say because – you know, Lad, I hear all these horror stories about Lad, and I don't necessarily see it. Then again, I'm in the press box most of the time. I haven't gone to many games there as a fan. You know, the last game I went to as a fan there was probably a senior bowl in the 90s sometime. so it's hard to say. Uh, but I've never had an issue with Lad. Um, you know, but then again, like I said, I sit in the press box and park inside the gate. But, I, I you know, I don't think Lad is in any – great danger of collapsing right now, but there are infrastructure issues in terms of the way um, that, you know, the restrooms and concession stands and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, again, there's not ample parking inside the gate, which means you kind of have to park out in the neighborhood, which people are hesitant to do. But I do think if they let, you know, th- this is not a stadium that, They could play in 10 years from now If there was no renovation done I I do firmly believe that Um, And South Alabama has even said Look we got no problem playing in the stadium For the next couple of years till we get ours done But we don't want to be here Any longer than we have to And to be honest with you uh, I'm always of the opinion that If you're a college football program You should play on campus I think that's just part of the college experience If you can make it work you should play on campus. There are a few uh, programs that play off campus. Miami, I guess, would be the most prominent, and we always hear, you know, uh, concerns about what, you know, the atmosphere at, at uh, whatever they're calling that stadium now um, is not what it was at the old Orange Bowl, which was also off campus, but it was at least in Miami. Um, so I think that, um, you know, they need to get this done. I hope they get this done and for, the, for the good of the program, for the good of the students and the fans and all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, um, talk about all, South Carolina is, is is this odd situation because I've gone there uh, once and it's like a mile mile and a half from their campus, but right. you, you wouldn't tell couldn't tell from the game day atmosphere. But it's it's also an off campus stadium. Um, quick quick story about Legion Field. I've, I've I've only been there once and I covered the 2016 Birmingham Bowl there uh, a couple of years ago, and they had me sitting on the front row of the press box. There was – and this was 20, 30 degrees outside that day. There was a draft in the press box. That told me enough to know that Legion Field needed to go. Glad UAB's getting their own stadium. Yeah, uh, the funny
1: thing is that because they played the Senior Bowl at uh, Land People Stadium, uh, facilities for people that are working the game, uh, media and you know, scouts and that sort of thing are great. The press box at Land is wonderful. Uh, the, the, the turf itself is in great shape. It's just that if you're buying a ticket and sitting in the stands, the experience
0: is not quite as good for you. It is not. Um, speak while we're talking, about talk, let's talk about the senior bowl. Um, what, what do you feel maybe some back channel rumblings, uh, that you think happened there with between Phil Savage and, and the senior bowl? It's a good question. And obviously Phil
1: just, um, um, uh, Left the Alabama radio broadcast team too Which I found uh, curious in, in its timing Because when he, he just took a job As the general manager of the Phoenix team And the uh, uh, Alliance of American Football And at the time he said he had hoped to do both jobs Continue to do uh, the Alabama radio But then all of a sudden he came out this week And said he wasn't going to do it anymore So I think there, if you go back to I think that when Phil Savage Wrote his book that came out About a year ago now There were some things in there that did not Make Nick Saban happy and I think That was kind of the beginning Of his uh, I don't want to say fall from grace that's too strong A word but you know his uh, 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 What do you say Uh, I don't know anyway it it was the, the, the Beginning of the end with him in terms of Alabama I think and because of that, there are people that run the Senior Bowl that are deeply involved with Alabama as well, and I think that hurt that relationship a little bit. Uh, Phil left the Senior Bowl, and because he was no longer with the Senior Bowl, he was not quite as valuable to Alabama football, so now he's no longer on the broadcast team too. I don't think any of that's a coincidence. Um, You know, I thought Phil was fantastic at both jobs. I feel like the guy they hired, Jim Nagy, seems like a uh, he's on the ball. But the issues with the Senior Bowl have not been in terms of getting good players to the game. You know, the, the the people that do what you do don't have any issues with the Senior Bowl. Again, it's the people who are buying tickets and sitting in the stands. I mean, this attendance is down significantly in the last five or six years. And I felt like they needed to hire either hire somebody who was a little bit more of a marketing genius or split that into two jobs and hire a scout. To run the the game and then hire a marketer to sell it to the to the people, and they didn't do that. They basically uh, Phil Savage left, and they went and found a younger version of Phil Savage. And it may work, I don't know, but I think that if if your concern is we want every seat in that stadium filled on game day because it doesn't look good for TV if the stadium's half empty. I'm not sure if they answered that question.
0: Well, couldn't you feasibly answer that question by moving into a 25,000 seat stadium at South Alabama?
1: I would think so. The issue, there are two, well, there are two issues. One is I thought it would be a good idea to move the game itself to South Alabama when that stadium opens, but keep the game week activities at the LAD site. Because it's so convenient to downtown, it's so convenient to I Mm -hmm. ten. You know, all the scouts stay down around the downtown area, over or even across the bay, Um, and you know it's just so easy to go back and forth to Lad if you have to go every day or multiple times a day. Um, If anybody who's ever driven from Lad to the South Alabama campus, particularly during a busy traffic time of the day, it's a half hour. Easy. That's if, the tra- if you hit all the traffic lights correctly. So I, you know, I wonder about having all of the game week activities out at South Alabama. Now they're about to open a beautiful practice facility out there, and that certainly would be attractive, especially in January when the when the weather can be kind of tough. But I just I just would rather see, even if they downsize Lad to a high school facility. I would rather see those game week activities remain in that part of town just because it's easier for all the NFL people to operate.
0: You know, I thought about that too. And even like you said, if they downsize it to six to 6K, uh, you could still easily get everybody in there that's going to be uh, at a practice that will look more full with more people, with more, uh, oh, absolutely. With more media you know, and, they, and, and, and the fans in
1: there. Right. And for years they held practices across the Bay at uh, Fairhope Stadium. Uh, for they they used to practice some at UMS Wright. I mean, those are both high school stadiums, and it you know and again you know I think with TV involved with the NFL Network broadcasting every practice, maybe they want to kind of uh, showcase where the game's going to be played, and I can understand that. But uh, from a convenient standpoint to the people that are actually working the game that make the Senior Bowl what it is, you know the NFL connection is what you know with the NFL coaches and scouts and you know, thousand NFL personnel in in uh mobile for a week. That's kind of what makes the senior bowl different from every other all star game. Um and I think you might lose some of that if you move it off camp if you move it way off uh into the West uh into West Mobile. You
0: know, selfishly for myself, you know, I would literally have to make one right turn after I come out of my neighborhood to uh get to South Alabama. So it wouldn't hurt oh, my yeah, feelings, what... but I can com- yeah <laughs> I completely get what you're saying. <laughs>
1: And I think they would have to do – and I think they probably will, but I think they will have—they would have to uh, build some more hotels out in that part of town. And I think with the stadium being out there, they're probably going
0: to do that. But it might take a little bit more
1: uh, work than they maybe thought originally.
0: Last question on the Senior Bowl. Uh, is Rob Lee Hockey still in charge of the media there as far as you know? As far as I know. Yeah, I haven't heard any different. I didn't know if you had
1: yeah. or not. Well, when, um, when they
0: hired Jim Nagy, I asked him if he was still going
1: to be there, and he said yes. So, as far as I know, um, the only change was Phil. To the you know Patrick Wu left to take a job with Tennessee Titans, but that happened before Phil left. Uh, as far as I know, everybody that was working at the Senior Bowl at, at as of the
0: last game is still there. Let's move on. Uh, you went viral, as the kids say, uh, when you uh, live blogged the uh, first twenty-four hours of the SEC network. So we got to talk about some SEC now. Uh, so we might as well start right. with the Kings. Uh, if you had to bet the mortgage, who's starting for Alabama against Louisville? Hurts or Tua? Uh, Tua, to Ton of Iloa. I think he's
1: he's assuming he's healthy. Uh, if he's gonna he's gonna prove that he's the better quarterback. I, you know, and nothing against Jalen Hurts. He, he has his strengths, but with the offensive weapons that they have, particularly at the receiver position, those young guys and what we saw in the fourth quarter and the overtime of that Georgia game, uh, he's just a totally different quarterback than Alabama's had in a long time. I guess A.J. McCarron would be the closest um, they've had to him. Before that, you've got to go back a long way to to have somebody at Alabama that is, that is di- as dynamic as Tua So I think it's going to be him. It should be him. Um... You know, we know Nick Saban is huge on ball security, so there's a possibility he may stick with Jalen Hurts, but
0: I very seriously doubt it. If uh, if either one of them is not the starting quarterback in the first game, does the other transfer
1: during the season?
0: Is yeah, that what you're like similar to how Blake Barnett, like Blake Barnett, did I don't a couple so. years ago.
1: I think that you know, especially with Jalen Hurts, he's a he's a, a potential graduate. Uh, he could graduate after this year and then be a graduate transfer and then uh, have a year of eligibility you know with this new red shirt rule that kind of complicates things because theoretically he could stick around for the first four games and then transfer somewhere else and not lose a year but i, I, I he doesn't seem like that kind of guy um you know despite what his father was quoted as in uh, in uh an, an online interview i think with bleacher report i don't I don't think that he's going to be the kind of guy that would leave in the middle of the year. Tua, on the other hand, um, I don't see it either. I think he, it would be a situation where he figures he could win the job back during the course of the year. Um, but it doesn't put you in a good situation. I mean, we've seen so many quarterbacks transferring, and even at Alabama so many transfer. You mentioned Barnett. I think Barnett was kind of a special case. I mean, we've seen him transfer again. He's already transferred from Arizona State to uh, South Florida, where he's probably going to have a chance to start this year. But uh, I, I don't, I don't put Tua or Jalen in the same uh, boat as, as Bar- uh, Blake Barnett.
0: Would Jalen Hurts benefit if he doesn't? If he's not the starting quarterback, would he benefit from doing the going the Braxton Miller route and just converting to either running back or wide receiver and, and make that as you know, is uh, in for his NFL future?
1: I guess so. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I mean, you know, you're more qualified to make that decision than I am, based on being a talent evaluator. But, um, yeah, it probably would help him. On the other hand, um, if you move Jalen Hurts to another position, then you're one injury away from having to play. I guess, well, I guess you can move it back. But um, it probably would make more sense for him. I don't know if he's a receiver, running back, defensive back. That would be the decision you would have to make. The problem is, if you move him to receiver, is he going to be better than those three sophomores he <laughs> got coming back from last year? If you move him to running back, he's not going right. to be better than Jalen, uh, J- uh, Najee Harris, and Damian Harris. So I don't know where he would play. I, I you know, That's why I think that if, if he did move, defensive back might be his best
0: bet. Maybe he he maybe he gets, takes the John Franklin route and transfers to another school and plays a different position.
1: Uh, yeah, FAU would love to have him, I'm sure.
0: Let's uh let's stick with the SEC. Is there a dark horse candidate that can contend this year outside of say Bama, Georgia, or maybe even Auburn? Uh, let's see.
1: Well, I don't know if contend. You know, I don't think they're going to win the West, but I think Mississippi State is going to be better than people think because. Um, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, you always wonder about a coaching change, but it's a little bit different. A, um, Joe Moorhead has been a head coach before. Now, granted, it was on the FCS level, but it's not like he's a guy that's just coming in and uh, doesn't know what he's doing. And, B, there is a lot of talent hanging out there in start ball. I think it's 19 uh, returning starters, uh, one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the country. And Nick Fitzgerald, assuming he's healthy, a great defensive front. So I think Mississippi State is probably the third best team in the West right now. Over in the East, I really like South Carolina. Um, you know, I, I think they will must champ. You talk about a guy that has exceeded expectations. I think everybody thought that was a disaster when he was hired, but he's been excellent. And, um, you know, I don't think Florida's quite ready, although I think Mullen will turn them around very quickly. Um, but I do think South Carolina is the best uh, team best challenger to Georgia this year.
0: I think so, too. And they get them early, second game of the season, at home. If, if South Carolina can right. win that game, I, I think there's no reason they can't win the SEC East this year. Um, let's turn it – since this is a draft show, let's uh, let's at least ask one draft question. Uh, do you think anytime soon in the foreseeable future there's going to be a year where the SEC doesn't have the most draft picks? I,
1: I – I, I would find it hard to believe. I, I think that you know the entire draft probably not. Uh, with all that talent Clemson's got coming out this year, you could see the ACC challenge maybe this year, but in the first round, but not not overall. No, I mean it's you know all the greater all the better players are in this part of the country, and when you've got you know programs down here contending for national championships every year. You're going to get the best players, and uh, so no, I don't. I don't see that ever happening anytime soon. Uh, it's you know, at certain positions you may see it, but overall, no. I think the SEC is kind of on top to
0: stay. So yeah, I listen to your. Uh, on the, I listen, listen to the afternoon sports drive uh, on my way home most days for you know twenty to thirty minutes, depending on Cottage Hill Road traffic. Yep. So uh, I kind of ask. Is there something that you have to talk about on a day-to-day basis on that show that you absolutely hate talking about, but you have to because it sells here?
1: Um, I don't like talking about recruiting during the off-season <laughs> much. I mean, well, the off-recruiting <laughs> season, I should say. I don't like talking about recruiting in June, although with the early signing period now in December, uh, it moved things up a little bit. You know, I, that's the biggest part of it. I'm not a huge follower of high school sports in this area because I didn't grow up here, so I don't really know the history of the programs all that well, so I kind of get out of my depth sometimes with that. But, you know, that's probably about it. I don't know. I mean, you know, you kind of wing it uh, every once in a while and you get through it. And um, sometimes, though, the sh- you know, there are certain topics that we'll get on Um the Ladd Stadium topic, for example, I mean, we, you, we can introduce that as a topic and then it will take up the entire show. We can talk about the, you know, uh, struggle between public and private schools in high school sports, <laughs> and it will take up the entire show. So, um, you know, you, you, like I said, sometimes you have to wing it. Sometimes you hope people call in because it's a little bit of a struggle, particularly during the summer when there's not a whole lot going on. But, you know, from once uh, August gets here, the show would pretty much... Writes itself until
0: January. Right. Yeah. Um, high school recruiting is. I, I follow. I follow South Carolina's recruiting because I am a South Carolina fan, uh, first and foremost. But but I'll follow their recruiting. But beyond that, it's like I've, I do the NFL draft year round, so I'm, I'm constantly on that. And it's hard enough for me to evaluate college juniors and seniors as they project to the NFL. I, I just really cannot fathom making a living off of trying to evaluate high school. Now, sophomores and juniors and projecting them to the collegiate level. It's just crazy to me.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, we had – there was – you know, the other day, uh, I'm trying to – you know, the the Fourth of July holiday is messing me up because I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but um, the number one player in the class of 2020 committed to Alabama – and he did it with the recruiting video and all that. You know, it was all well done. But it's like, this guy can't sign for 17 more months. Are we sure that he's 100% committed to Alabama? Right. There's no chance he's going anywhere else.
0: So that gets ridiculous it's, sometimes. It's, it's, it's maddening to me. Um, last thing, uh, Craig, I want to congratulate you and your wife uh, on the uh, your expecting uh, daughter here uh, as the uh, – I've known your known your wife Christina. I think we were in the same kindergarten class, for God's sake. So, I mean, we go we go back a ways. And uh, I just want to congratulate you uh, and your family on your upcoming daughter. And as a father of a three year old daughter, a thirty nine year old with a three year old daughter, I wish you all the luck in the world because, sir, you are going to need it.
1: Well, you already know how old Christina is, but I'm I'll be forty five in August, and this is my first child, so. Uh, and not only that, she's coming the second week of football season, so it should be an adventure for us, for sure, but we're looking forward to it. Uh, we spent last weekend cleaning out, uh, the extra bedroom to turn into a nursery, and then we're actually going to be putting baby furniture together later today, but I appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, we're very excited, and, uh, Christina's an only child, so I gotta tell you, her parents are over the moon about it, too,
0: so. Well, I was also an only child, and, uh, so yeah, and like I said, my wife my wife is forty three. So yeah, probably shouldn't have said that on, say that on the air. She <laughs> 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 uh so so yes, we as as older parents. And I think this is becoming a, uh, a I'm going to say a newer thing, but it's becoming a more common thing. Uh, you know, yeah. people are waiting well, a lot longer I, to I have children look
1: at now. myself and. Yeah, I kind of look at myself And when, when I was 25, there was no way I was ready to be a father. And, you know, I look at people that I went to high school with that have already got
0: grandkids, but, you know, I, God bless them. I'm 39, and I, I'm 39 <laughs> now, and I still don't think I'm ready to be a father, but, I mean, I've been one for three years now, so <laughs> it's only only yeah. can go up from here, they keep telling me. So, Craig, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and follow your work.
1: Sure. Uh, AL.com slash sports, and also on Twitter. Uh, at Craig Stevenson, and the first name is C-R-E-G,
0: last name S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N. Craig, thanks for taking your time out on this Saturday uh, for joining me, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Brian, take care. That was Craig Stevenson of AL.com and uh, WNSP locally here in Mobile. Uh, we talked about the South Alabama Jaguars and their future uh, stadium. We talked about Ladd Peebles Stadium and uh, what is going to happen to it. We talked a little bit about the Senior Bowl and Phil Savage and uh, what happened, what what's there. We talked a little bit about the Alabama Crimson Tide, what's going on there. We talked about the SEC. Wide range of topics today. We talked with uh, Craig Stevenson, but it was a good Good catching up with him and uh, always good to uh, to read his stuff. If you're a fan of the South Alabama Jaguars, you definitely need to follow his work. He uh, does the, one of the best jobs covering that team. But that's going to do it for today's edition of the Cheapest Meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. Uh, next week uh, on the show, will be, we're going to talk with an agent Uh uh, Austin Atkinson of uh, Atkinson Sports is going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, his role as a, as a football agent and what can he expect from an agent's perspective on the two new leagues that are founding next year, the Alliance of American Football and then in 2020 the XFL uh, 2.0. We'll talk to him about that and uh, some other topics. So uh, look forward to that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time.